This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with Like Days of Noah and Lot, The Persistent Widow, Pharisee and Tax Collector, Blessing the Children, and Rich Young Ruler. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
second John. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. I rejoiced greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we are commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as we have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is a deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wickedness. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. O Lord, have mercy on us.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 2 John's 13 verses can feel claustrophobic. It has dense letters that almost bead with musty Mediterranean humidity. And Aegean Ephesus incubates this kind of batter of flesh and fluid. To be there is to experience oil and vinegar and smoke coating locations and motions and moments like syrup. To walk there is to sense residue caking underneath the fingernails and accumulating between the toes. This is a place where sewers don't magically whisk manure away and no window panes, no appliances, no disinfectants prevent rot from seeping in and sitting there. In the world of Second John, all work exudes actual sweat. Hurt rings real blood. Any stranger singing or sobbing becomes every neighbor's business. So it is no wonder that their worship there, at least the worship of the pagans, it takes basins. And the gods settle into pewter and cedar and terracotta. And our elder finds that he has to invoke imagery of the household. Lady, children, sister, shut the front door, chat face to face. And our apostle has to insist in this context on a savior of tissue and skin. Because he knows, as they do, that evil elbows its way among them and against them. That obligation, that commandment reaches around and within the domestic and the daily. Death itself invades the material. It occupies the tangible. And mortality lays a claim on mind and body. We're more familiar with that world than we might like to think. You see, you also have a navel. And that means that you came from and you belong to. You belong to others. As sure as the indentation of your abdomen and as close as the cavity in your core, Father, Son, and Spirit has inscribed His image, the image of obligation, on your body and on every body. Every belly bears God's fingerprint embedded, his signature etched with the letters that say love one another. Life must be lived together. And the Trinity circumscribes humankind in the truth that love means giving. It means receiving means being generous, being hospitable. Love is a doing, and not just a feeling. And today's patron, St. Patrick, confessed and rejoiced that that reality of Trinitarian image and obligation, that matters most of all. 
Life inevitably involves relationships and responsibilities, indebtedness and duty. It comes with connections and consequences. Sometimes one's as big as missioning and bishoping, even to heathen. Now, you can call that constraint or even captivity if it makes you feel better. And you can remember that Patrick also spent time as a slave. But, is it the navel and the neighbor that it attaches us to that makes us miserable? Or does our suffering stem instead from cutting that cord? Whether it is fear that sharpens the shears, or pride, or greed, or guilt and grief, Always the mirror finish reflects the illusion of independence, the mirage of autonomy. But you be not deceived. Banish the bankrupt snake oil. Whom have you helped and supported in every physical need? When have you honored and obeyed his authority? When have you respected her modesty and assisted her chastity? How have you protected their possessions, improved their income, defended and commended their character, urged wife and worker to remain and vocate? Or have you attended mostly to your own? Have we overlooked our share in the neighbor's survival because we have forgotten our own need for salvation? Yet it is into these hollows that heaven bends. Attempt though we may to evade our navel, Father, Son, and Spirit never erases his own. He will not relinquish his claims on you. God extends and embraces umbilically. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, huddled around and against us like embryo in the maiden's womb. The Lord God Almighty does not allow the navel to close up. Rather, the Savior opens up extra ones in his hands, in his feet, in his forehead, in his shoulders, and then he scars them all over so that they will always be available. And this is the gospel, that healing and peace come and live and love in the mess, that relief and reconciling come, forgive and save right beside us and on our behalf and to our benefit. Ransom has come in the flesh and appeased the wrath. Substitute has come in the flesh and atoned for the wrongs. Messianic absolution resurrects and reconnects not only in his flesh, but also in all of ours. 
Put your faith here like a finger in the promise, in the unconditional acceptance. Hold your hope here like a hand on God's empathy, on the intimacy of Father and Son and Spirit. Wear that cleansing water. Imbibe the precious blood. Today, take adoption and sonship again. Have fatherhood and family. Own and use household and inheritance in this flesh. For in the flesh, Jesus Christ still abides. And so the arisen and ascended Savior has miraculously conserved the Ephesian communion. Their fidelity has prevailed in the face of their failures, even though they pile up. Their fellowship still persists, despite all of the dangers that crowd them out. Neighbors become brothers. Strangers are made sisters through mutual worship and concern and servanthood. Yes, they sing and they sob, but now they do so together. And unto the Trinity, John's Trinity and Patrick's Trinity and your Trinity. And in the same way as it did among the Ephesian ex-pagans, the same magic invites and envelops today. Perhaps Trinitarian obligation feels as claustrophobic as a cage. And yet, it is still as comforting as a cradle. So woman, behold your son in the least of these. Disciple of Christ, receive this lady as mother. Stop and stand and shake hands and share hugs. Look at him. Listen to her. Sit next to, wait beside, walk with, accept the invitation. Make the visit. Involve yourself in what she has to do. Welcome him into whatever you're doing. Lift it. Fix it. Deliver it. Cook for them. Write to them. Instruct them about. Defend. Compliment. Apologize. Absolve. Drink and dine together. Laugh and cry together. Delight in each other as a gift. Enjoy one another as a privilege. Because Father and Son and Holy Spirit knows of nothing better, nothing better to remember, nothing better to expect, and no lesser glory awaits us. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen.
In our prayers, we give thanks to God for the birth of Elizabeth Rose, to Vicar Dave and Rachel Matthews. Let us pray. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, you sent your Son into this world as the child of Mary. We thank you for the life of this child, Elizabeth, entrusted to our care. Bring her to the saving waters of holy baptism and grant that her precious inheritance is awaiting her in your eternal kingdom. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. 